Lots of people don't pray because they don't know what to pray about. Or there isn't a crisis looming, and uh, so there seems no urgency to pray. Or if they do pray, they wonder whether they should pray for this solution or that solution. Well, you know, there is a beautiful, interesting verse in Romans chapter 8, which tells us that there are ways of praying when we don't know what we should pray about. Paul is introducing here uh, the conflict that Christians themselves experience, believers experience. First of all, uh, let's look at the context. Remember that he said that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Because this, the creation is under the curse of, the, of sin and death that Adam brought in. And it's waiting for its glorious liberty. And we mustn't think of this as inanimate con- uh, creation. That is simply trees and, and fields and sky and seas. Uh, it's the whole creation, uh, humanity included. It's groaning. It doesn't know what that pain is within it. Um, and uh, therefore doesn't know how to pray. But we know what that pain is, and so we do know how to pray to some extent. But then Paul says, not only that, um, uh, not only that, but we also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, now notice that, we have the first fruits of the Spirit. We're already inspired by God and know Him, to believe Him by faith that He is our Savior. But even though we have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within. So this is the thing that I was pointing out uh, last time we talked together, um, that there is a groaning within us. And uh, that groaning is this waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our bodies. So with all that in mind, knowing that we are by faith in Christ's kingdom, but our humanity is still in this slough of of, uh, uh, Adam's kingdom of sin and death, he then says in verse 26, likewise... Uh, rather referring to prayer, uh, he says, For we uh, were saved in hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one hope for what he sees? For if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. And then he says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. So this is where many Christians, among uh, the non-Christians as well, often don't pray because they don't know what to pray about or in what direction they should pray. Well, this verse gives us some opening, and it's this. Sometimes, when you don't know what to pray, you simply sit in your chair or kneel by your bed or however you pray, And you quietly close your eyes, maybe you read a few verses of Scripture, and you just sit there before the Lord. And what you do is allow yourself to feel the feelings that you have. They may be feelings of depression or feelings of a low 
grade anxiety or the gloominess of life, or they may feel they may be feelings of joy and happiness. But so often we are not, you see, in touch with those feelings. And when we come before the Lord, we become aware of what may be stirring within us. Read this verse again. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now that at first sounds really odd and wacky and strange. How does the Spirit, what does the Spirit actually do? It says that he intercedes. And he intercedes, that is, he, he comes in between us and God. And what does he do? Well, he intercedes with groanings. So he has groanings too. This is really weird, isn't it? Here we feel some odd, depressed or uh, morose feelings or uh, not always negative feelings, sometimes positive ones. But in the feeling process, it's as if the Holy Spirit takes up those pains, those feelings, and he intercedes with us, uh, for us. In other words, he takes those feelings and kind of interprets them. He's our interpreter before our Heavenly Father. <laughs> I just find this quite intriguing. You see, human beings are their own worst analysts. We really don't figure ourselves, ourselves out very well. We tend to think we can understand other people and figure them out better than we can ourselves. But um, when we try to ponder what's really going on and what we really feel and what our motives are, we get all screwed up. And that's one of the reasons, by the way, why some people go to counseling, because they think, well, maybe the counselor will help them to think through their thoughts so that, that, so that they can figure themselves out. Yes, it works to some degree. But in the long run, after a year or two of counseling or a few months of counseling, you realize you've still got the problems, but they're less heavy, maybe, and less burdensome than they were before you went to counseling. And that's where the Holy Spirit keeps coming back. Because he says, in effect, look, there's no way you will be able to understand yourself. But the feelings, the heaviness, the moodiness, the state of mind, whether it's dark and heavy or light and joyful, those feelings in you, I know all about them. And I, if you don't, if you will allow me to, he's basically saying to us, I will take your groanings to our Heavenly Father and tell him all about them. So, you don't have to know what to pray about. You just have to sometimes sit and be quiet with your eyes closed, as it were, with the Lord and just let him do his job. And sometimes I have found that when I feel out of sorts, as we sometimes, I think, is that a British expression? I think it is, out of sorts. Maybe it's American too. But when you feel out of sorts, you just sit there, maybe the sun's shining, you lift your eyes up to the sun, close your eyes, of course, and uh, 
You let him take your pain. You let him take your groanings. So let's read that verse again, shall we? Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. How amazing that is. Now, it presupposes another point, though, and that is that you don't resist your pain. You don't try to keep busy so you don't feel bad. Um, yes, that helps sometimes, and it's necessary to get acting and not and moving and not just uh, sit and feel our pain endlessly. But when you come before the Lord, you relax your body and mind, and you allow yourself to feel. You don't interpret those feelings necessarily, but as you f allow yourself to feel... A calmness of faith comes over you that God is your Father, that He is your Redeemer and Savior, that He knows what's going on, that He understands you, and He's working it out. That's what we experience through all of this. And so Paul is able to say in the next verse, Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Once again, a little bit of mystery in there, but I think what it basically means is that the Lord God is so intimately associated and connected with the Holy Spirit that he knows fully the mind of the Spirit, as the Spirit knows the mind of God. And so uh, when the Spirit takes your pains and, and, and emotions to God and intercedes for you, he is doing so according to God's will. That is, it is God's will that the Holy Spirit helps us out. Isn't that beautiful? We sometimes think of God as our judge, and that is a mistake. God certainly does judge, but does not judge in the sense of condemn to hell or uh, eternal, damn, uh, eternal elimination. God's judgment of us took place in himself in the person of his Son. God is now the defender, and you will see through Scripture that God is always defending human beings, even in judgments. Then who is doing the judging? Well, it's the devil, of course. The devil, Satan, is the accuser of the brethren. He is accusing us and gets somehow to manipulate our thoughts so that we speak his accusations to ourselves while God is defending us. You remember that wonderful passage in Zechariah chapter 3 where Satan stands before God and before Joshua the high priest and accuses him. Uh, this is the Joshua, the high priest who came out of the Babylonian captivity in the return of Israel, of the Jews to, uh, to Israel, uh, to Jerusalem. And it's as if Satan is accusing him that he's unworthy to be a priest because he's been contaminated by all the sin and uh, corruption and paganism in Babylon. And the Lord God stands by the side of Joshua and says to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, O Satan. The Lord indeed rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the burning? You see how God is defending people who trust in him.
We are brands plucked from the burning. That is, we are f- sticks of uh, on fire, br- uh, just uh, um, only just escaping, having escaped the fire because God pulled us out of the fire. That's how God is defending his people. And so when we come before him with this unspoken prayer and sit quietly before him, we know he is our defender, not our accuser. And that's why Paul then says, and this context is very important, we'll talk about it next, uh, tomorrow as well, we know, for, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. Have you ever read that verse in its context? The context is about prayer. And we know that all things work together for good. So here we are, groaning before God, and not having a clue what we're really feeling, what all these feelings are all about. But they're very uncomfortable feelings. And here we have God saying, it's okay, I'm interceding for you by my Spirit, and it'll all work out for the good. How about that for good news? Well, thank you for joining me today. Colin Cook here and How It Happens. This is a broadcast you can hear any time of the day or night on your uh, smartphone. Simply download a free app, soundcloud.com or podbean.com, and key in How It Happens with Colin Cook when you get there. You can also hear the broadcast on the radio in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states areas on KLTT. AM 670, the call letters and numbers at 10 o'clock in the evening, repeated at 4 in the morning. And if you'd like to make a donation, please consider it. I would appreciate it. Send your donation to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160, or make your donation online at faithquestradio.com. Thanks. See you next time. Cheerio and God bless.